I just didn't think that much. When I had a decision, I acted on it. I didn't take a lot of time to second guess myself. I didn't take a lot of time to weigh my option and make sure that it's most optimal. Mind you that up until that point, I've always been really interested in decision making. You're listening to Untamed, a podcast dedicated to empowering you, the lash artist, while providing insights on how to achieve success that is as individual and unique as you are. Each episode, me, Cheryl, and me, Anne-Marie, share our best information openly, without reservation. We discuss challenges, best practices, and what the future holds for the lash industry. So grab a snack and your comfiest sweater, and get ready to geek out with your new lash BFFs. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe! Welcome back to the Untamed Podcast. This episode is very, very, very special to me. In honor of Untamed Artistry turning two, I want listeners to get to know the lady behind the business. Today, it's all about getting to know you, Cheryl, and your aspirations for UA. So are you ready to be interviewed? Oh my God, I was born ready. Okay, I'm so excited. You have no idea. Just to give the audience some like context so that they are on the same page as us, I told Amory that she has to prep all the questions and I don't want to know them beforehand. <laughs> and then I told her that nothing is off limit. Just so you guys know. Context done. <laughs> well, my first question, let's just dive right in, is why? <laughs> why did you want to start a lash <laughs> brand? Simply but. <laughs> That's such a good place to start. You know, only you would come up with the best questions. (laughs) Also context, guys. I'm usually the one that throws curveballs in the company asking questions, but you nailed it. Okay, why? Honestly, it wasn't something that I intended to. It's actually something just happened by chance. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur ever since I was little because my mom is a very successful entrepreneur. So I knew that one day I was going to be in business I don't care what I sell. I don't care what it is, but I'm going to be a business owner. And for a really long time, I was never able to find my idea. I had all these ideas toyed in my head for a really long time and nothing ever came to fruition. I've even went to these events where you can basically have a prototype of business idea. It's called a hackathon and you go in there and you build out a prototype of your idea. I even went to those type of event and then quit midway. And so when I got into lashing, it was really out of necessity. I had just came off my career as a poker player, and it was a huge adjustment period for me. I didn't have any education, like post-secondary education, nor did I have any real-life job experience. So it was really hard for me to get a job. And I thought that being a lash artist would fit me because you get to do the most tedious task, which is something I love to do. And... It's a business. Like I didn't care what the business was anyways. So it was a business and I love that. And I got into it at a spare bedroom in my condo. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And it's going to be a stepping stone until I figure out what my business idea is. And then quickly I learned that being a lash artist is a business. You get to do all the fun things that you do in business. We get to do our own marketing. We get to do our own photography. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take this a little bit more seriously. And then one thing led to another, because for those who may not know this, I came from like high stake poker background. So I'm always looking for the next, I know, (laughs) I think that's like 
Amory's favorite thing about me because I'm so cool. <laughs> I'm a poker she's player. She's just the coolest. And I mean, she's not afraid to take risks. <laughs> and it just has paid off so well. If it comes into investing into somebody who maybe is a little bit more risky of an investment, as in like a staff member, you're willing to take that risk where others would play it safe. And I think that's one of the reasons that UA has had so much success so quickly. Yeah, I definitely are not afraid of risk. That word does not exist in my vocabulary. <laughs> but I learned that, I guess, my ambition coming from a such a high-stake sports game, I guess what they call it sports. Mm -hmm. Some people don't think poker sports, but I think it is. So I've always wanted more. I wasn't just happy with doing what I was doing because I always found the next thing more interesting. And then I got into training much harder than I thought it was going to be, just so you guys know. <laughs> Super difficult. But... I had the opportunity of meeting the right people at the right time. And I ended up with the opportunity of figuring out some manufacturing for the Lash products. And at the time, I never thought I was going to own a brand. I always thought that at most I'll be an educator because that's what I like to do. I like to talk to people. I like to teach. But then when I learned that there's this brand aspect and I had a partner at the time, who kind of joined me in the team and we were going to do it together. But unfortunately, she ended up like leaving the opportunity because startup was so different than what she had expected. And now I'm left with the project half done on my lap. We have met manufacturers overseas. I have a great designer, but I didn't have the ambition of starting a brand. So I was like, well, what do I do now? And then I realized that I love business. And this was the it business opportunity that I've been looking for. And there were so many opportunity for me to do the things I love in this trial and error type of opportunity. And then Phil asked me, my fiance asked me, you know, if I were to invest in you, would you want to do this seriously? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. This is the business idea I've been looking for. And I found that there was such an underserving market in the industry which I knew that there was no point of me going to an industry that's so well served. But in Canada, we didn't have quality products. We always had to buy it from the States. And taxes and duty for my Canadian listeners, like you guys would know, it's terrible. And the brands in Canada, they weren't doing the same innovation as brands in America. So as Canadians, we were very limited in what we can do as a lash artist. So I knew that there was a market there. And then I also knew that I love teaching. I just don't like asking people a lot of money for it. So going into education was really hard for me because I wasn't great at selling. But I thought that through UA, this brand, I can just teach for free. <laughs> Literally, that was the convincing point. Like I wasn't that successful as an educator. You know, I didn't make that much money. Classes were canceled because I didn't get enough registration, even though I knew deep down that my program was really good and I was really good at lashing and I was really good at teaching, but I think I just wasn't comfortable asking people for money. And I wasn't good at that sales part as lash artists. We all know we wear many different hats and that was one of the hats that I just didn't fit me. Like I just was not good at it. So I thought, what if I can do this for free? And as you know, Amory, you can probably notice more because you've been in the industry for longer, but they were just such a gatekeeper of information in our industry. Yeah, the gatekeeping, it was so intense. It still exists, but now people are starting to showcase that they 
have knowledge. They're wanting to share. They're wanting to help. And it's really nice to see that change. But I remember all the controversy around you when you first launched Untamed Artistry, <laughs> giving away all of this quality information for free that others were hiding. There was a time where we would say, hey, what adhesive are you using? And the stylist would say, no, I'm not going yeah. to tell you. Isn't that strange? Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's what I've always noticed that with any young industry, being lash industry is pretty in its infancy stage, is that there's always this scarcity mindset in the beginning. And the first thing that's valuable that you can gatekeep it's information and it's knowledge. But if we take a step back and really look at it, it's actually the sharing of knowledge that creates better innovation that makes an industry flourish. So it's just one of those things that we're just too young as an industry to see that. But I just always thought it was inevitable. Like, you know, in order for us to really progress as an industry and elevate as an industry, it was really important for me to share the message to people that like, that's through sharing of knowledge and information. This is probably the longest answer ever to a question <laughs> because the question is so good. But eventually I found my why in starting UA and is this share of information. I found the thing I wanted to do, which is business. And I found the purpose in which how I was going to do it. And that was being generous and sharing information and showing people that kindness wins. And somehow that was it. Like it all clicked. It's like a puzzle piece. They just all seem to fit really well. Like, you know, it has the appealing side of the fact that I get to do marketing and design, which is something I'm very passionate about. And then big business strategy. And then I also serve a purpose that really aligns with my value, which is kindness, empathy. And I wanted to be not just a brand that provides great product, but I also want to use our platform to spread the message of kindness and that, you know, the world is made of the misfits. And I think that UA was a brand that was built for the misfits, you know? Absolutely. You know, one thing is that you often talk about being an inclusive brand. It's something that we talk about all the time internally, and we're starting to share like outward facing to the other stylists in the industry. I've seen firsthand that all the work you've done to support so many causes worldwide, and I know how generous you are and how passionate you are about others fitting in. So why is that inclusivity so important to you? Wow. Thanks, first of all. Thanks for all the compliments. <laughs> I'm glad everyone feels that way in the company and also like what people see our brand as. And I think being inclusive matters to me because this is like probably a little bit personal, but growing up, like I've never fit in, you know, all of my memory growing up, I was pretty isolated and it's always because I was a little bit different in a way where maybe I was that child that loved putting my hands up whenever a teacher asked a question. But not everyone liked that. <laughs> but I was that kid. The smart kid. So, <laughs> Or the rebellious kid. <laughs> but yeah, like I always felt like a misfit. And that's why I thrived in poker. Poker was one of those really isolated career that you can have. But it also is made up of a very tight-knit community because of how small this industry is. So it was the perfect balance of it's like a pack of lone wolves, if that even makes sense. 
Oh my God, I just thought of that. That's a really good analogy. <laughs> it's a pack of lone wolves mm -hmm. because every poker player who is in poker tells you that they've always felt like a lone wolf and poker is a very lone wolf sport. And so I didn't want other people to feel that way. Growing up, I've never felt great being outside. Not that I necessarily feel like I wasn't bullied. I didn't necessarily feel like people didn't like me, but it's more just always knowing that you don't quite fit in. And so I realized that that wasn't a great feeling. It was a really shitty feeling that I've always had. And I hate it for other people to feel that way. So I've noticed that maybe a little controversial, but I know many of you agree. Our industry doesn't always act the kindest. Right. Yeah. It can be quite cliquish, quite judgmental too. And I feel like I didn't want to be the brand that made people feel like the only way you get noticed, it's because your work benefited my feed and that it was a transactional thing where I'm only going to tell you good job or reach out to you if you're in the top 1% of lash artists. Whereas if you do a style that isn't mostly popular or people don't really resonate with that aesthetic, but your isolation is great and your fan making is great. Why don't those work get featured? As a lash artist, I've been there before and I talked to many of my friends that they feel like getting into the industry sometimes can feel like you're forced to social climb because the only way for you to get validated on how good your work is and how great you are as a lash artist or a service provider is if the influencer in the industry notice you, which is probably why we talk about this a lot in our educational episodes about how talking to the right audience and, you know, we're creating the wrong content. You're talking to lash artists who don't pay you money. But what we don't talk about is the reason why we do it, right? We do it because that's the only way for us to feel seen. And that's the only way for us to feel validated. And I want UA to be the brand that doesn't do that. I wanted UA to be the brand. That's why for a long time, I couldn't give up the DM until now. You know, I don't really manage our Instagram DM anymore, but I wanted every single person who interact with us feel special. I want everyone to feel equal. Like you're celebrated. Doesn't matter where you are in your career or how your work looks. As long as you have the willingness to continue to get better so that you're not doing harm to your, la your client's eyes and that you make the commitment to providing good service, like we're all good. But the industry isn't built like that. It isn't built to recognize that in a very human basic need of being seen. And the industry wasn't providing that, I feel like. So this is the reason why inclusivity is very important to me. I love it. I have chills over here. I just need a minute to like gather myself back. <laughs> it's such a beautiful pillar to Untamed Artistry and to who you are as a person, which shines so clearly through the UA platform. I get to snoop the DMs now, and I am just amazed that UA really lives up to that. Every single message that comes through, it is responded to. It's taking the time to listen, to do what we need. I just absolutely love that. I think you absolutely nailed putting this together. So I have a question for you. We're getting a little yeah. deep. I saw little Cheryl was Ooh. coming out and I kind of want to visit her. I have a question for you. If Aww. you reflect back, what is the story of little Cheryl that forecasted you being where you're at today? Oof. So I know that little Cheryl felt 
kind of like an outcast. So that forecasted you now wanting to be very inclusive and loving and caring to others. But what's another thing you saw from an early age? Another thing I saw in a very early age is that I love talking to people. I love sharing ideas with people. It's one of those things that when I go, like, let's say at school we learn something new, I'll come home and I put on like a whole show for my grandma or my aunt and my uncle. I love absorbing information and then sharing it to the world. I may not always get it right, but that process of like learning and giving is something that I foreshadow or. <laughs> <laughs> what's the question pop me back in the future time but I think that's one of the things that I genuinely love about and it's a selfish reason and it isn't even for other people that one is for me the ability to just do this as my job is to go out there learn things and then go and share with my best friends people who are just as curious as me and just as nerdy as me, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense once you share that. I can already picture a little Cheryl putting on these like presentations and wanting to share. And you've always shared your best information openly and really taken the chance to trust and invest in others. And it shows through the entire team. It shows through the industry too. I'm always amazed that stylists are when I joined Untamed Artistry, not that this episode's about me, but I had so many people reach out <laughs> saying this is such a good fit. And they just love to know that I was joining someone who is so genuine and pure. And they just absolutely love to see it. And it made me so happy to know too. Because like you said, the gatekeeping, Aww. the clicks, everything in the industry can be a little standoffish. And I love knowing that other people find Untamed Artistry to be their like lash home <laughs> in a sense. You've talked a lot about kind of like the loneliness of growing up or like with poker. It's also very lonely to be a lash artist. You talk about it often in podcasts, like we're in a room by ourselves for some reason it's been looked down on that you can't be successful as a lash artist working for someone. You have to do it yourself, which is so odd because mm. that's not how it is with hairstylists or anything else. They can all work in groups, but we've kind of mm -hmm. secluded ourselves. So I love that you found a way to bring people back together. You know, it's funny. I would say UA has done such a great job with everyone's help in building this community. But prior to UA, I never understood the value of community, the importance of community. For those earlier Geek Squad member who has done like the interview with me when I interviewed them into our ambassador program, and I even told them that, honestly, I have apprehensions about me starting a community like this because I've never been a part of one. I've never created one or been around one. I feel like an imposter, like... I don't feel fit to be the one that's building a community when I don't know what community means. And I think that the industry wants this, like we're open to this. Humans are made as tribal animals, like we're destined to be in a tribe. That's why UA came in and filled this need. Like no one was really openly talking about this or sharing or making that effort to create a community like this until UA came in and everyone realized that like, oh, I don't have to be a girly girl to be the right fit for beauty mm, you know true i don't have to be dressed well and high vogue or high fashion to be in the beauty industry i can be beauty is just my expression of art 
right? Being somebody, I know you're also an artist yourself. So like being someone who's an artist, all you want to do is express your art. It doesn't matter how you look like. And I think UA came into the scene, the new kid on the block, decided to use primary color, quirky puns. We call ourselves the quirkiest company. And it just made me realize that there's a tribe of people who wants that. Yeah, there absolutely is. And speaking of this tribe of people, I have some questions from this tribe <laughs> that I've put together to what? ask you. Yes, from the community. <laughs> so the Unsigned Artistry community is so supportive, so loyal. And I kind of call them like little underground. Like they exist, but they're not always the ones who are wanting to be overly flashy. <laughs> but they exist. Mm, and mm-hmm. when they know I'm interviewing you, they have questions. <laughs> so I want to dive into some of ooh. these. And then I have even more questions to ask. <laughs> Number one, yes. how did you come up with the Untamed Artistry name? Was there a story behind it? Yeah, there is actually a story behind it. I can't take credit for this name. This name is actually created by my friend Michelle. So many of you know her as Authentic Artistry. Michelle came to meet me after my very first group training in New York. That was at Max Lashes Salon. And we were all just trying to meet each other for the first time in real life. You know how interesting that is? Like you would have friends on Instagram that you talk to almost every single day, but you don't get to meet them because they're like halfway across the <laughs> world. So true. You know? <laughs> I know. Like me and Amory worked together for months and we've known each other for years. And it's only recently that we like got to physically be in the same space with each other. It was so nice. And <laughs> I know. I just want you guys to know she is just as nice in person as she is on social media. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if not nicer. But yeah, so we all decided to, Max, Michelle, and I all decided to meet together. And at that point, I started to learn a lot more about marketing. Before that, I was Lashes by Pang. I read this book called Hello, My Name is Awesome and realized that that was a terrible name. So I was like, okay, I need a rebrand. Now I'm going to be an educator. I wanted to rebrand my entire brand altogether. And we're sitting there and we're like, okay, what encompasses me as a person? And I think some of the name that's been thrown is like wildflower or like, I don't remember what else. But basically we're like, okay, spontaneous. Like I listed the characteristic trait of who I am as a person in adjectives. And I'm like, spontaneous quirky. I don't remember. A bunch of things. You guys can probably do this better than I can because it's not coming to my mind. But then Michelle was like, untamed. That's who you are. Because we said that I'm a rebel. Mm-hmm. I'm a rule breaker. I don't like to fall into the boxes. I am a misfit. All of these things. And Michelle is just like, untamed. And as soon as she said it, me and Max was like, yeah, uh, it's perfect. That's me. <laughs> It's an amazing name. I love that story so much. I love that. This just goes back to everything you're saying about like wanting to learn and talk and pick each other's brains and that sense of community was there even from just choosing the name of your company. It's pretty cool. That's something that can be pretty egotistical for some of us. (laughs) So if you're listening to this, thanks, Michelle. (laughs) Another community question that I received was that UA is actually turning two, which means that shortly after launching Untamed Artistry, a pandemic hit. So what was that like for you and how did you persevere? How did you not give up at that time? So 
I know that it's been a really difficult, like what, 16, 17, 18 months for all of us. I've completely lost concept of time now. But I would have to say that in terms of on the business front, we exceeded my expectation in the first few months of launch, which I will have our entire community to thank for. But it was better than I thought it was going to be. It was more than I could ask for. So I pretty much took it. And first of all, we all didn't know how long it was going to last. So I'm sure I'm not the only person who in the beginning thought that maybe this is just a few months thing. Mm -hmm. Year and a half later. But we did really well before the pandemic. So personally, I felt like I was riding this high of the success of UA and I couldn't have more to ask for. So I thought during the pandemic, my effort was in building community and making my community know that we're here for you, even though we're not selling you any products right now. We did game nights. Some of you watched me instructed me to bake a brownie uh, <laughs> on our IGTV. By the way, turned out really bad, just so you guys know. Uh, but to me, in the beginning, it was all really just about, you know, being there for the community because I felt like it was okay. UA had exceeded my expectation. But then as the pandemic persisted and UA was growing through the growing pain of it being in the first year, knowing that we did better than we expected, that also meant that I underprepared as a business owner as well. I underprepare for that growing pain. I underprepare for some of the things that was necessary for me to learn. And then at the same time, I was going through a lot of my personal mental health issues. I feel comfortable to share with everyone here, like in the audience that, you know, I struggle with depression. And I think the first lockdown for me was like a nice break. And it's terrible. Like, it's a really, really terrible thing that happened to the world and it hurt a lot of people and I wish that it didn't happen. But as a really busy CEO, you had an opportunity to just slow down for the first time. So it almost felt like pandemic hit me a little bit later. And then during the second lockdown, that's when I felt like I was battling with a lot of the depressions that I was going through and going through like therapy and all of that. I came to a point where I didn't feel like I want to do UA anymore. And that had nothing to do with the performance of UA, had nothing to do with, I just felt like I wasn't ready. I wasn't made for this business. And there was just so much in it that I didn't enjoy doing and didn't know how to do that I wanted to give it up altogether. So that's to summarize my journey with UA during the pandemic. And it's only near a few months ago that I realized that I needed to build a team of people to do this with. I need to find people who share the same value and the same vision. And obviously, when the very first person that came to mind that shared this vision with me and to do it together. So in summary, I think... UA survived the pandemic by adapting and embracing the growing pain and then bringing on people and growing a bigger community internally. And so that's how we survived. We survived by bringing the right people on the team, people like Amory, people like Sydney that you guys know. And that's how UA survived pandemic. It's by joining forces with the community. It's people coming in and we did it as a team. Personally, 
I've grown a lot in the mental health front. I've grown a lot in understanding who I am as a person. So I survived by going to therapy. <laughs> I really appreciate you sharing so openly. It was a difficult time, as you know, from connecting to the community throughout this entire pandemic that seems to never be ending. There were people who were living their best lives, starting podcasts, like writing books, doing all these amazing, beautiful things where others of us were really struggling. And so I really appreciate mm -hmm. you sharing that because I, I think a lot of people would see an outside perspective looking in that like, oh, this company didn't fail. It still exists. Wow. I had to shut my doors down. I'm in a financial crisis. So I really mm -hmm. admire that you would share something so personal. The behind the scenes that no one would see, no one would ever know existed. Yeah. I think as a business owner, we're still learning to talk about our struggle in a way that is authentic and honest. And the first thing we're going to share is going to be the more obvious stuff, the financial restraint, the resource restraint, or the people problem. But as we dig deeper and deeper, we're going to notice that like, being an entrepreneur also forces us to look at a lot of the things internally about who we are as a person and why do we do the things we do. And that process sometimes can be painful. And that process is something that as a society, we're still learning to destigmatize it, to be okay to talk about the emotional and mental struggle as we talk about other financial or more obvious struggles. I'm just speechless. <laughs> I really am. I'm just like, what am I supposed to say to continue this episode on? <laughs> wow. I'm just stuck. I'm just like processing. It's hard to keep it moving. <laughs> That's okay. Like, oh, this is so okay. nice and emotional. <laughs> That's what I hope. Like, that's why I said that this episode is a really selfish episode for mm -hmm. me. Because this episode is for me to be able to share a lot of things that, like, I hold on to in, like, why I do what I do. It's easy to share the marketing part. It's easy to share that, like, oh, it makes a lot of money and mm -hmm. all of that. But, like, deep down, like, why do I do what I do? Because I was going to leave this industry so many times. Like, countless of time that I was like halfway out the door in the industry and it's always the community that brought me back you know oh, so. I love that it really does yeah. take a team and you guys are the reason why I'm so excited about UA now I'm excited because I get to build it with you guys we all get to do the things that we like and we're good at and that we can do it in an environment that we feel seen and appreciated you know. Oh, absolutely. And it makes me so happy to know that you feel seen and appreciated. I think a lot of the listeners might be confused by that because you think, oh, Cheryl owns this company. She's obviously seen and appreciated. However, it's really important that you're surrounding yourself, no matter what your position is, with people who support you. Not everyone will. It doesn't matter what your position is or where you're at in life. You can accidentally get around people who are just bringing you down a little bit or who you're intimidated to talk to or share your opinions openly with. So it makes me really happy that you find that our team is a trustworthy source for you to share all the crazy ideas. <laughs> yeah, we make an effort as a team in creating psychological safety, yes. psychological safety to make mistakes, psychological safety to have opposing ideas and opinions. And that's what UA also do as a community as well. Like as a community, I think we uphold certain etiquettes or values, I would mm -hmm. say, that we don't really have negative talk about other people or other brands. It's just 
value of ours. So I'm really happy to be able to go to work at a place that makes me feel safe to do all the things I want to do in the way that I think it's a good idea to do it. And then obviously, I reciprocate the ideas that you guys give me as well. And that's why we work so well together. My heart is so full over here. <laughs> it really, really is. Oh, speaking of fullness, this is a cheesy transition, just so everyone knows. I Ooh, remember photos of your home being so full of lash trays. You were buried in a lie. Cheesy transition. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a it. fun question though. I am curious, what was it like in that moment to place your first order, get the products in and actually see your logo on the products? Honestly, that period of time all went by so fast. I had to do so much. I barely remember a lot of it. So this is tip for you guys. If you guys are starting a new business, like take a moment and soak in. And every time you're doing something for the first time, because that would only happen once. So I didn't really remember what that moment felt like because those lashes were delayed the launch was happening. I was just busy putting out fire left and right. So I didn't have a moment to think about that. But I remember the first time I saw like the future retention in my hand, the glue that everyone love in UA. I cried. I got emotional. Like I never get emotional. I was like, you know, oversee at the time. And I just like saw like this could be the future of our adhesive. And like, my eyes got all watery and I got really emotional. And that's like what I remember probably as the most memorable like feeling of this is my baby. <laughs> I love that. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Would you say retention is the product that you are the most proud of? For sure. Retention is also the product that I built my business on in the beginning, being somebody who so openly share adhesive because I struggle so much with retention. I struggle so much with adhesive. I made it a mission to understand adhesive more than I understand anything else in my business. So when I came out with a glue, I knew it had to be good. And when I tried it the first time, like, you know, tweaking the formula and stuff, when I tried it, I was like, this is it. And thinking about name, and I was like, how fitting would it be if we named it retention? Because that's how confident I am in this bottle of adhesive and how that's going to contribute to your business. So I'm like, I'm just going to name it retention. <laughs> Funny side story. I started using that adhesive right when you launched it. And I didn't really tell my clients exactly what was going on. And they would come back and say, my lashes are lasting better. And they said that they felt softer too. And I never thought that I was using like a hard, crunchy adhesive, but it is just a much more flexible bond. And my clients are like, what did you do different? And I was like, oh, I switched adhesives. This one's called retention. And they all went, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I want to say that this is also credited to someone in our social media as well. When I was naming the bottle and people were submitting their name and a lot of you said retention. Really? Which is like... to. Yeah, there was more than like two people that said retention as a name suggestion. That's amazing. How cool. <laughs> I know. We do everything together, clearly. Me and the lash nerds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, it's so true. What is a decision you were unsure of early on, but are very glad you made? I had to think really hard about this because there isn't really anything that comes to mind. And the main reason is because I just didn't think that much. 
when I had a decision, I acted on it. I didn't take a lot of time to second guess myself. I didn't take a lot of time to weigh my option and make sure that it's most optimal. Mind you that up until that point, I've always been really interested in decision making. So I spent a lot of time reading and learning around like mental models and decision making models because I had some confidence in that. So during that period of time, things were happening so fast. I just didn't think. I just acted. Wow. <laughs> and now, so there isn't really anything. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> How many of you listening have not launched that class because you're overthinking? How many of you have not launched a cleanser because you're overthinking? I mean, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> that is really solid advice. A few months ago, Phil and I were walking down the street one night and I just looked at him and I was like, what was wrong with me? Like what went into my head that made me decide to become an e-commerce brand owner when I've never had experience in this world? I've never <laughs> sold anything. I was like, I literally looked at him. I'm like, what was wrong with me? Like, what <laughs> got into my head that made me think like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to be good at it. And Phil turned to me, just he's one liner goes, you didn't think that's why. Mm. I was like, He's like, you always think so much and you play everything out in your head. So you talk yourself out of things. But this time, you just didn't think, you just did it. I was like, oh my God, that's so true. I got out of my head for the first time and just acted instead of think about it. So don't think too hard about this next question. But what does Untamed Artistry's ultimate success look like to you? Ooh, I really like that question. Can I give two answers to that question? Sure. Because I have ultimate success of UA as an organization and then ultimate success as UA as personal, you know, yeah. as an organization, I think ultimate success for UA, it becomes every lash artist knows us in the industry as their study buddy, a page or a business that they will always go to for information, educations, and basically having us by their side, their entire journey of their career that would be success as an organization externally. And then also internally for success as an organization, I want UA to be the company that everyone in the lash industry will want to work at. I want to change some narratives in the industry. I want people to know that having success in your career doesn't mean you have to be an entrepreneur. You have to do everything on your own. If you find a brand or a company that aligns with your value, I want people to know that you can have great impact and find fulfillment, even being a part of a team. It doesn't always have to be the solo career that you do. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And just being that business that people love going to work at and, or want to work at and truly feel fulfilled and happy because they're doing what they love and what they're good at. So that would be success as an organization. Success as an individual, it's very similar to the second part of my success in the organization, but I measure my success not by revenue earned or how many businesses I have. I measure success by how many lives I touch. So to me, ultimate success in UA would be having a massive team. The more, the merrier. <laughs> <laughs> this massive team of unicorns and just people that I can impact in their life. Because if I know that I can be the person that provides them 
the growth opportunity that they needed in their personal life or provide help provide for their family and also providing fun and psychological, emotionally safe, emotional safety at work, like just being that place that people like going to. So the more the merrier. So my last question for you, what are you most proud of achieving this far? What I'm most proud accomplished so far, it's honestly having the team that I have. Aww. Like I know it sounds cheesy. There's a lot that I've accomplished that I'm also very proud of. But I think that being able to bring this group of people that we have and really creating an environment where we all feel seen and valuable and appreciated. And together, we're doing really great things. We're changing the industry. We are making the world a kinder place. We're changing a lot of systemic like narratives that we have, the society has given us. And then we're changing a lot of narratives that the industry has cultivated. So like, we're really spearheading a lot of massive change as such a small team that we are. And I think that that's my proudest accomplishment. I absolutely love this. I say that to everything, but it's because I'm absolutely in love with your answers. <laughs> I'm just as happy as can be. I think you really, truly, speaking from being on the inside of the company, have achieved a beautiful team. I'm personally very excited to show up to work every single day. I love the team. I know that my voice is heard too when there are disagreements or differences of opinions. I don't feel flustered ever. Everyone is so respectful, so kind, and we all have that same common goal of wanting to make the world a kinder place, as you said. Yeah. Just so you guys know that I tend to make people cry at meetings, <laughs> cry full of emotional tears. <laughs> But I love the team. You know, I think that everyone is exactly where they belong. And together, we can impact so many more lives. And every time when you ask the people, like, when you ask our team member of like, what is something that motivates them the most? Surprisingly, not rehearsed. I mean, everyone's answer is always because of the people that they impact. Because the people who are listening to this podcast right now, they finally found a place where they can do that. They can give and share and serve and feel appreciated in return. It's a beautiful thing, honestly. To anyone listening, I hope that each of you find a spot that you feel this much love, appreciation, and happiness. Cheryl, thank you so much for yeah. letting me interview you today. Is there anything that you want to say to all the listeners before we end this episode? Ooh, I know. Just like the UA tagline says, dare to be different. And I want to encourage all of our listener that's listening to this podcast today that dare to be different, dare to do things differently than other people, dare to think differently than other people, and dare to lash differently than other people. And most importantly, just dare to be the most authentic version of yourself, because that's the only way you're going to feel fulfillment and I feel like we need more of that. We need more of people just being exactly who they are in the world without needing to change, without feeling like they're not enough. As far as Cheryl knows, this podcast episode is over, but I have more to say. I am beyond proud of Cheryl and her ambitions. She's a light in this industry and encourages others to shine. In only two short years, Cheryl has made quite the impact within the lash industry and behind the scenes as well. UA believed in me in the most important moment of my life. Not only have I grown professionally, but also as a person. 
Thanks to their values and our biggest listener, Cheryl. UA gave me the confidence to express my true self on social media, as well as greatly improve my artistry through constant education, which led me to grow my business further than I ever thought I could. UA has really helped me become more than just a lash artist. Honestly, UA has opened the doors to so many opportunities for me. So I started off as a brand ambassador, and every month we are so fortunate to have sessions where we network and learn not just about lashing, but other important skills that help us become successful lash artists and business owners. And from these sessions, I worked to improve myself and was even lucky enough to become scouted by UA and to become part of their marketing team. I want to just thank Cheryl and UA for guiding me to where I am today. And to me, UA is really a big family that's dedicated to help everyone in the lash industry grow. UA's dedication to the betterment of the whole lash community by providing quality education and a safe space to grow is one of the main contributions to my success as a lash artist and a digital marketer. UA truly ignited my passion to take my career further than I ever imagined. Thanks, UA. UA has taught me not only to believe in myself, but also to shoot for the moon. And Cheryl is the driver of our rocket ship. We love you, Cheryl. Cheryl, thank you for providing a platform for individuality. UA provides a safe space to challenge the status quo while upholding positive community values. It's an honor to make history with you and this team every single day. UA was really non-conventional in that they saw beyond my resume and chose to believe in me and invest in my growth and potential. UA has really helped me grow out of my imposter syndrome and is constantly encouraging me to be the best version of myself, both personally and professionally. It really means a lot, Cheryl. Thank you. What was that? Okay, let's try again. Let's try again. <laughs> Who hired us? Oh my! How about we have like? Do we have like a hand signal where we can go like? Oh yes. Oh my Should God. I do like a conductor? Yes, a conductor. Like a... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Okay. Happy second birthday, Young Team Artistry. We, we love, love you, Cheryl. I am thankful to call Untamed Artistry my home, and I wish all those who come in contact with UA all the successes their hearts desire. Never underestimate the difference you can make in the lives of others in a short amount of time. You are more powerful than you realize. That's all for this episode of Untamed. Thank you so much for joining us today. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at untamedartistry.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And remember, as your study buddy, we are always here for you. Don't hesitate to send us a DM at untamed.artistry. 